Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. With the Christmas season upon us, we all know how busy and hectic this time of year can be, and there's so many things to distract us from the true meaning of Christmas. So that is why we have created an Advent series for you to do with your family. It is beautiful, and it's called Wait for the Light, and it's available for free on the Rising Above website. We will be sure to include a link in the show notes, so be sure to check that out and use it as an encouragement for your family during this holiday season. Now, my guest today is Randy Kemp, and Randy has been married to his wife, Cassandra, for 17 years. They have four children, three who have special needs, and Randy has recently changed his career and is now the Director of Access Ministries at Northland Church in Longwood, Florida. Randy has such a sweet and kind heart for loving and serving families impacted by disability, and I know you will be encouraged by learning more about Randy. Hey, Randy, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I am so excited for our listeners to get to meet you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me, Becky. I look forward to spending time with you and Rising Above. Yeah, well, you know, I've known your family for so many years. I don't even know how long. I mean, you it's been many, many years. Your wife, I met her through By the Brook years ago. I followed your sweet family and seen what's been going on with you for years. And, you know, I, I love what you say. You know, you said that you were married to the greatest wife in the world. That's what you put in your notes. And I thought, yes, yes I have to agree that Cassandra would be right thank up there. You. She is pretty amazing. And so yes, are you. Oh, thank you. But Cassandra's been on the show before, and so we'll be sure to put her episode in the show notes so people can go back and listen to her episode. And she's also been part of By the Brook before sharing her testimony there. So you guys have been part of the Rising Above family for a long time. So I'm yes, glad I you're here. Approximately 12 years. I would say approximately 12 years. Yeah, yes, yes ma'am. Yes, it's ma'am. amazing. And so your sweet son, Joseph, that's how we've got to know you all is because you have this sweet, sweet son, Joseph. So tell Thank us a little you. bit about Joseph. So Joseph was born um, July 7th in 2010. What's great, um, just thinking about how God works. Um, when Cassandra was pregnant, it was a 90% possibility about a child having special needs, which I was like God answers prayer. So that may seem different to say mm-hmm. that, but um, I never, I was like, Lord, whatever child you choose to give us, help it to help us to draw closer to you. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's been phenomenal um, through Joseph's life has opened up many doors for us. Mm. And so we just see the hand of God in that. And so he's 12 now and just, you know, every time I see pictures of him, he has the biggest smile on his face. It's just so filled with joy. Um, and and so he's just, I know he's been the inspiration for you and your family and, and kind of the, the, the decisions that you've made going forward. One of those was something that happened here pretty recently with your family within the last couple of years where you chose adoption. Um, tell us about that journey and about who else is part of your family? Okay. 
So yes, we have recently um, adopted two girls that were um, sis- that are sisters that have special needs named Juliana and Gabriella. But to backtrack, um, <laughs> a year before they we even considered adoption, Joseph, when we we normally do our devotional, um, and then we pray. We've been doing this since Joseph, since my wife was pregnant with Joseph, mm-hmm. and so he had the strangest prayer which me and my wife looked at each other he had thanked god for his sisters oh and my she goodness at me afterwards. <laughs> oh my goodness and so again it was just you know a thought so in that year when he had when he had that um dream we were in community with a family um because we do um kind of like house house churches within our corporate church of doing life together. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing a series called Radical by David Platt, in which he truly, truly challenges us. And so the couple that facilitates um, the Bible study was feeling called to foster or adopt. And so they had asked us to pray um, for them about the um, decision in my wife says, oh, I thought you were going to ask us to pray too. And they said, yeah, you need to pray. Mm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so in the midst of praying about it, um, it was a total faith walk. Um, we were doing classes together, not knowing who um, the sister of these girls would choose. And so as time was winding down, we end up being the family that were chosen. Mm. And so it was, it's been a whirlwind um, because the girls come from a lot of trauma, um, special needs as well. Um, And so this also has us understanding our own personal trauma that kind of, you know, you would Mm kind of stuff down or things don't come to the surface until there's a trigger. Mm -hmm. And so the great part about it I see in it is it it's drawing not only us closer to God, but also our girls are finally because they've never been around um any fa- anything of faith. And so having them in a church environment has been huge as far as being introduced to God. Mm-hmm. Such a sweet, sweet story, and that they, you know, they chose you guys, and and I, I know it hadn't always been easy. I know that there have been ups and downs through all all of this. And so, what do you think has been one of the some of the biggest challenges you guys have faced um, over these last few years? Um, the biggest challenge would um, be, of course, um, the trauma um, of trying to. Um, do trying to understand how God wants us to parent them, mm. um, trying to seek wise counsel from our church family, which we don't hide. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's so great when you have authentic people that will speak life into you and we're not hiding it, mm-hmm. um, that literally will pray for our girls right then on the spot. Yeah. Um, that have come in and helped with meals, um, given us personal respite. Um, and again, the challenges of how do we navigate um, 
parenting um, these wonderful, wonderful girls in the trauma that they experienced as followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's a daily, it's a daily journey, but would not have it any other way. Mm. And so how have you seen God show up for you in this, this, these, this transition in with having uh, these girls now part of your family? How, what are some of those like God moments that, that have come up, um, through this journey? Um, one, of course, let's even talk about Joseph. His heart is so forgiven. Mm. <laughs> he has such a forgiving heart and spirit. Um, at times when we're triggered because of certain behaviors, um, he'll say, you know, mom, dad, it's not, it's not that bad mm-hmm. if it's him. And it's like, we have to take a pause back mm-hmm. and just see how God is using him to speak to us um, during those times. There's great times when um, we're able to celebrate what the girls are doing, whether that's in school or here at church. So again, not everything is terrible, but we do celebrate those great times. So we do see the positivity in that too, Mm -hmm. as we celebrate what they are doing and the excitement of they feel, which we're trying to have them to understand like, that's not why we love you based on performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. We love you just because of who you are. Right. Um, as our daughters and God, God creating you. Um, but at the same time, we do celebrate them a lot when they are doing things or we're mm-hmm. going different places and they feel acceptance um, and things of that nature. And how sweet for Joseph to kind of lead that, you know, lead, lead, lead in that way of just like acceptance and forgiveness and grace. And, you know, our kids, Mm. they are some of the best teachers are, you know, and just if I could learn to be as content as John Alex is, and if we could all learn to be as forgiving as Joseph is, the world would be a much better place. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, you talked a little bit about this, but. I know that just from what you've said, being in community with other families has been huge for you. So why is that so important for special needs families uh, to, to find community to be with other families? Um, the most important thing that we have to remember is God created families. Um, while our birth family sometimes it may be difficult to be around because they don't understand or um, just the day-to-day or the way that we have to navigate our parenting. The community of the special needs families, you don't have to explain. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. So when something breaks and this and the other, and they're worried, it's like, that's fine. That can be replaced. Mm-hmm. They're having fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And just when you see the thank you, Lord, um, even in their faces, when they're around us or we're around them and engagement, interacting, just laughter like it's supposed to be, um, that's where you say, if I don't have this community, it will definitely break me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And the encouragement. That we get, yes, and the encouragement that we get from other people who get and understand our life. It's so, 
So huge. And, you know, I know not only have you had the the big change in your family be, with the adoption of your daughters, but you've also had another big change in your life in that you have changed careers within, what, the last few months, I believe. So yes, tell us about that. Okay. So I went from being in education as um, the director of faculty and curriculum, um, as well as an educator at a all um, private ESC school, special needs school, to um, taking over as a director of Access Ministries, which is our um, ministry with exceptional needs here at Northland Church, located in Longwood, Florida. Um, it's been a whirlwind, as you know, Miss Becky, because I called you <laughs> right before I accepted the <laughs> It's always fun to get to help somebody on this journey. So yeah, that's been a joy. Yes. Um, so it's been wonderful in um, looking at the various things that the person, her name um, being Heather Subert, had put in place um, because she felt called to work strictly with adults with disabilities and kind of took a step back. And when she came to ask me about it, I was like, first of all, I have to pray Heather about right. that because that's definitely a calling. Um, and the second was, I want to make sure that I continue to honor the families the way you did mm. um, because this is a life, not a quote job. Mm -hmm. This is a life. And so that's one of the reasons why she asked because she just knew um, for me serving um, and it, when she would ask, hey, can you volunteer? I was like, absolutely, anything mm. for you. <laughs> yes. um, and then just the way I, I in, engaged with the families mm -hmm. um, really left her encouraged. And it, it left me encouraged, too, um, with our new lead pastor coming on and his heart for our community. I was like, I just have a few questions for you. And mm. he just he's like a sponge. He's like, I don't know this. I don't know that. And which I love because I'm like, I don't know everything either. Mm -hmm. So reaching out to other people in the community, even though I've been here um, 90 days and relaunching things after COVID has been truly, truly spectacular. And seeing how the family is just thirst for getting back into the word of God, their mm -hmm. family being served, knowing that they're learning about Jesus and so on and so forth. So great. How many families do you serve through your ministry? So right now we're serving approximately 60 families. So that wow. would be children's, teens, as well as adults. Um, on We have three services, which is Saturday night at 5, Sunday morning at 9, and Sunday morning at 11. So those are um, the families as far as um, the Bible studies go. And then mm -hmm. we have other ministries, which is Boost, um, which serves our families with special needs from um, first grade all the way to adults, but it's a family function where we do worship, food, a Bible, and an activity mm -hmm. um, once a month. Then we have um, one called Faith Ability, which is strictly adults, 21 and up, so the parents must drop them off. And that's the time to connect with um, one of our um, leaders in that um, ministry who's been a, um, we call them towel holders now instead of volunteers, mm -hmm. for 10 years. 
It's amazing. Amazing. And so I can see the excitement just, you know, in this conversation with you. So what are you most excited about in this new job? I know it's it's different. I, I came from an education background as oh, well. Okay. Yeah, I was a I was a teacher back in the day before John Alex was born. And so, you know, then now to be in full time ministry and it is a shift, but you bring a lot of what you used in education, obviously, to what you're doing now. But what when you look at this new role, what are you most excited about? So I'm most excited about, um, you know, the partnerships, the connections with other church and really, truly thinking about the future as far as bringing about flourishing and not just functioning or just surviving. Mm. So that's what I'm really excited about. Like, Lord, how can we minister to our families in a way where it's not just survival or it's not just functioning, but really flourishing? Mm-hmm. And Lord, please lay that on all of our hearts. My heart, um, the congregation's heart, and actually um, our parents' hearts too. Mm-hmm. So good. And and I know that one, one of the things that you are passionate about is the same thing that my late husband was passionate about, and that's the dads. And that's encouraging and equipping the dads to know how to come alongside and be the men that God has called them to be. And so what does that look like for you personally? Because I know I've known you for a long time. You you do such a great job with your family. And so what does that look like for you personally? And then how do you hope to instill that into the dads that you get to love and serve every week? Thank you. So one thing that I learned growing up, and, I, and it, it's always going to hit me about um, doing a paper route, and so when I would go inside the houses to collect money, the moms or the grandmas, we used to say, come on in, sit down and talk. And so they would always be excited to talk about their children and grandchildren. And I would always see the guy, the guys kind of like on the sofa, reading the newspaper or watching TV. So I just happened to ask, because I was like, let me just ask. I said, hey, you know, what? how are you feeling? And it's kind of like a gruff one. Mm. Mm. So I said, so one day, um, after building up those relationships as a paper boy, I said, um, can I ask you a question? So they were like, yeah. I said, do you have any like regrets? And they say, yeah, like not spending time with family. Mm. Like that stuck with me mm. to this day. And so with that, I said, I did not hear in that statement that I wish I had enough money. I didn't hear in that mm-hmm. statement that I thought we wouldn't have certain things. So I said, Lord, please, please, please allow me to be 100%, not 50%, not 75%. Help me to be 100% in when it comes to raising our family and all things, when it comes to doing dishes, laundry, cooking, taking them to school, everything that you guys do naturally mm-hmm. as moms. Mm-hmm. And so him allowing that space of doing that, I don't, regardless if we have $20 in the bank account or $200 in the bank account, knowing that I'm actively involved, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have a regret to say yeah. I'm not involved because, or regret, I wish mm-hmm. I would have. Because mm-hmm. you're already doing it. Yes. What a great thing. So, you know, when you're talking to those dads in your ministry who maybe are struggling in that area, what are some of the things that you say to them 
uh, to encourage them to to get in the game and uh, to work alongside their their spouse and be the, be the men God's called them to be. Yes. So when the dads do show up, which of course is um, not many as far as in the special needs um, are exceptional community, um, but those that are in the other ministry the other men's ministries that we have that I may know of, I'll be, I'll try to plant seeds and speak to them until that relationship is built. Mm-hmm. Because I know just coming out and saying, Hey, this is what we can do. And that's not going to draw them. Um, so trying to have a lunch with them or trying to schedule a breakfast and just, just talk. And so once that is built up as far as that relational capacity, that's when we're. I try to go to the Word of God and just talk about, you know, kind of like, hey, this whether that's what Jesus did or going to the Old Testament, as far as um, what we've seen, um, including the pitfalls of not us as of us as dads. Um, you know, I think how Eli when Samuel had to have that discussion, and it's like that didn't happen overnight. Mm. That was built up. And so, um, you know, planting those seeds, what I do love is they will, it may not be watered right then, but it'll be, they'll, they'll look at, mm-hmm. hey, can we have a conversation? And just saying, Holy Spirit, please lead my discussion. Because I know if I give my opinion or it's not God-centered, mm-hmm. it's going to draw them away. Totally. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, I know you, it's amazing. You've got 60 families that you're serving there in your church. And, you know, when you look at the families at large, what are some of the biggest challenges and issues that you see the families um, that you serve face? So their biggest is need. The biggest need is prayer. Their other biggest need is communication during during the week. Mm. Um, so just a check-in, just a call, just hey, um, can I bring a meal by? That speaks volumes Mm -hmm. um, and built up as far as relational capacity. And so even though they may say no, you just being aware of, hey, I'm here if if that's something that I can do Um, or praying with them over the phone or if there's a resource that they may need, um, trying to get them connected with um, another ministry or agency or stuff like that, which thank you, Ms. Becky, for reminding me about even how to go about that, which Mm -hmm. has been huge. And so um, that's kind of like where I've tried to um, be the hands and feet of Christ to our families, Mm -hmm. um, as well as the hands and feet of Christ of, as you know, that's so needed is our and I, I'm going to continue to say towel holders because that's what our pastor likes to call it, um, then vo- or volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, because as he was trying to explain the towel holder method, when you think about Jesus, that goes deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes deeper in, you know, a volunteer may say, you know, I can't be there or whatever, but it's like the towel holder, like, you know how important you are in order for this ministry to be successful. Mm-hmm. Like, Randy can't do it. Like mm-hmm. you as the hands and feet of Christ are the wheels that's turning. You're mm-hmm. the train yeah. um, on this track. 
And so when you're when you're talking to church leadership and you're talking to other members of your church body, how what do you tell them? What do you how do you encourage them then to encourage the other special needs families that are part of that community? What do you tell them as some just some practical ways that they can come alongside and love the families who are part of your ministry? I explained to um leadership or other different parts of our ministries that there's nervousness i say i try to explain to them do treat them the same way you would as if it was your own family mm-hmm. member who did not have any special needs or exceptionalities mm-hmm. have the same like love well just speak um just engage in conversation if it's um something that they're nervous about because we all get into the what liability phase, right? Mm-hmm. I say, instead of thinking about the liability phase, think about the Jesus phase mm-hmm. and just make a step forward. Just offer your hand. Just be the, be. let's be the church mm-hmm. and not worry about if something could happen or you don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And so I even attempt to model as well as um, a couple of people on my team who's in that setting and space to bring about training. Um, um, I think about, you know, when I think about even students, right? Like our families would like them to engage with other students. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, we need to make sure that we're training our students because that's hard for them as well. Mm -hmm. And so even trying to equip students um, in a way, in a capacity that, that they're coming to an activity to have fun, but why can't we just rotate and you spend 15 minutes out of a two-hour time slot to 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 engage with our kids mm-hmm. or the spiritual gifts? Or why can't we connect with the high schools mm-hmm. and say, hey, they this is a time where you're getting them into church because they need community service hours and the impact that that can have for their future if they don't know what they want to do of mm-hmm. engaging our community. Yeah. And I know for like for my family, when 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 we go into church and someone just sees our family, someone comes up to John Alex. And most of the time people talk to John Alex, you know, we'll say hi to him. <laughs> and they're like, I'm like, hello, you know, no, which I know I actually I love that. Because when he is seen, I am seen. And uh, I think, you know, you would probably say the same thing about your crew. When when people engage and acknowledge and want to know about our families, yes. that's better than anything. You know, yes. do you see that true in your in your families? I do. And even in just to show you even the capacity, um, uh, Miss Becky, of how families will still come back if you're loving on them. We've had a situation with one of our um, kids and children's ministry um, that was partnered with one of our access coordinators. And for three weeks in a row, he's had seizures. Mm. So the dad, um, of course, like really, really exhausted. And we um, he was like, I know, you know, I, I have to get him home um, or, you know, get him out. So before everyone comes and this, any other, we was like, no, you don't. Mm. like." We're, this is what we're here for. Mm-hmm. And so he was in tears because it's like, 
well, I thought I was going to have to go. Like, why would you think mm. you have to go? Yeah. Um. So then we talked, we wrestled with the temperature in the room and things of that nature, but came back the following week and the week after and the week after, regardless. And it's like, thank you, Jesus. This mm-hmm. is what it's, it's about. Yeah. Crucifying our flesh, being available and knowing that, man, my child has had a few seizures and they're still here. They're not saying, no, sir, I don't think that you can come back mm. and turning him away. Yes. So huge. So huge. And I'm just grateful that you're there loving and serving those families. And, and I'm sure that there are plenty of listeners who are going, I want to go to a church like this. You know, I want to find this kind of, of support. And so I love that your heart and what you're doing um, to love and serve those families. And, you know, okay, you've been, you've been on this special needs journey for 12 years now. And so what do you think, what's been the most impactful lesson that you've learned that you might not have learned any other way if you had, you not been a special needs dad. I would say the most impactful lesson that I have learned is to truly, truly depend on Jesus, not depend on my own talents, not depend on my own skills and intellect, depending on Jesus. Mm -hmm. And with that, because as we see in Matthew 4, when the Lord, when God allowed the Lord to go into um, the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, just the response of what the Lord did when he tempted him in um, through hunger, through power, and through um, relationship, that Jesus responded in a way where he just was totally dependent on the Father. Mm. And what I love is how the angels came and ministered to him after that. And that's where what I've learned, like to truly depend on him, not head knowledge, but I'm continually to learn heart knowledge, Mm -hmm. the heart knowledge that I would not have been able to do if I wasn't in the Mm -hmm. community of exceptionalities. So good. And so this is our year of restoration at Rising Above. And so we've been asking Mm -hmm. all of our, all of our guests, um, what are some things you're personally doing right now that is allowing God to bring restoration into your own life? So I'm, as of right now, what I'm allowing um, God to do to bring restoration in my life is I am being discipled as well as um, having another brother that I walk alongside with as well as discipling another person. And these are all males, of Mm -hmm. course. And I'm learning so much through the discipleship process where he's just opening up the word where, you know how, Mm -hmm. as you're continuing to to read and God is working in your heart and you've read the Bible. I don't care how many times you're like, I didn't see that right? because of the, because of the season. Mm-hmm. And so um, like one of the things as a leader that I'm reading, which is called um, Tempered Resilience um, by Todd Bolsinger is just huge when, when you think about um, the fire and the flaming and the, um, the blacksmith and how the temperature, just because it's hot, it's like, well, it's hot, but that's not, you're still not being formed right now. Mm. Like it has to get hotter. 
and learning those principles of the heat and how God is molding us. And it's like when things happen, I can't sit there and say, like, why me? Mm-hmm. It's like, why not you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why yes. not you? And so that's what I'm told with that restoration that he's bringing into my life. I'm just so excited because it's a prayer that I've had for years mm. about being discipled by other men that will not only walk alongside of me, that will call me into accountability and also to want to see me grow in my relationship to him. Love that so much. And, you know, we all need, we all need those people who are walking alongside us and challenging us, encouraging us, equipping us. And it's wonderful that you have that in your life. And uh, now that you're going to be pouring into other families every week, what a gift. And so, Randy, I just thank you so much for your time. I thank you for sharing part of your journey with us. And uh, your family, some of my most favorite people in the world. Thank you. And we love you. We love you, Becky, and, their, and your entire team for continuing to love on us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.